0: Our culture is a far cry from the biblical model of romance. What we know today as the idea of dating is actually brand new. And it wasn't even around in any form until the modern age of today. In our Bibles, we don't see it, it's just not there. And I want to submit to you that when we look at scripture and we look at the biblical models that God has given us around romance, relationships, husband and wife, people getting together to become one for his glory. We see that there is an outpouring of his spirit, a leading of his spirit. There is his spirit that is the one in charge. But today he he isn't always in charge. We, we follow our own ideas, our own, we try to make our own decisions, we try and figure this thing out of how will we find the right partner. And then we came up with this idea of dating, hopping from one to the next and trying to see what is our taste. I recently spent some time on a live feed with a congregation in Dallas in the US over Sukkot. And I talked about this biblical model of God, of how he brings people together. I hope this discussion blesses and encourages you to pursue the Father's heart around this matter. Today, we are very far, it's like our culture is a far cry from the what we read in the Bible when it comes to things like relationships, you know. And uh, I wanted to talk about some of those. We're going to look at some examples of, you know, people who came together. And it's, you'll see it's, it's actually it looks very radical in comparison. It looks out there. It looks crazy, ridiculous, you know, compared to what we see today in the dating scene and all these kind of things we have in our modern culture, you know. Um, I want to start off by just kind of sharing with everyone a little bit about me and Christina um, just to give you some context and it's a it's an interesting story i think and uh yeah so yeah i i met Christina uh about a year ago by (laughs) we met in a funny way Um, she just she made a she plays piano uh really beautiful hebrew music and all kinds of cool stuff and she posted a video. I didn't really know her at the time, but I just commented or or actually I sent her a message. But it was just purely saying, hey, uh, I was just encouraging her to continue because the Lord was really using her in that. And it was really amazing. And we started just kind of really on a frame, friend, very friendship level, just started chatting a little bit. And it was purely about God. It was just about where like the things God is doing today because and, and, and you know what where she is in, in her relationship with God and, and we were talking about all kinds of things about God and and we were even talking about how we are so not interested in meeting meeting anyone right now because we are so I was we're so we're and we were serious like we were so focused on the Father that we weren't interested. We weren't there's no room for distraction at that point. Um and it's kind of funny looking back, you know. But that's kind of where we were at, and we spoke like that for 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 a while, like a few months. And then uh, obviously, over time, you know, what we start doing is started seeking the Father's heart over this, because now there's this. I don't really chat to girls, you know. And there is her, and we have this friendship, and I'm like, and we're just talking, and I'm and we're seeking the Father, and the Father starts convicting our hearts, you know, about that there may be something more to this, and. Um, Soon thereafter, this was about the time when I was writing my book. So just to give you some background, about two years or three years before any of this, my mother had a dream. And in this dream, my mom saw a a woman uh, reading a book. And my mom just knew that this was the woman I was going to marry. Okay. And I mean, since then, I forgot about it. That was like long ago. And... But then I was busy. I was just about finishing up the book, the writing of the book. This is a few months, you know, just a little less than a year ago. And I asked her and the father put my heart, the father was like, why don't you let Christina review the book? Because Christina is really knowledgeable in the word and scripture. And I'm like, OK, well, I, let, I sent her the book, let her review. She was super excited. She wrote like another book in reply to my book <laughs> of, of commentary. <laughs> and um and the amount of work no 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 joke the amount of work that she put in it was ridiculous um <laughs> but so so good you know and it blew me away you know and so she kind of i'm pointing this out because there was a demonstration of character and a demonstration of of good works and fruit and and like uh putting herself out there you know we she doesn't owe me anything you know we're just friends. But there is this sacrifice that she started already giving on her side, you know, and so that happened. And then I started kind of falling in love (laughs) with her. And uh, and I and she saw and I was talking about coming to the U.S. for um, Passover anyway, because I wanted to do a few. There was a few invites that I got and things like that. And um, and she helped organize it. And I came, came through, I flew through in March of this year. Um, and uh, I had a few speaking engagements there in Virginia where she lives. And there was other few that I've also scheduled around the country. And um, well, it kind of went like this. I kind of landed there. I'm just going to tell you straight up. I landed there. This was like this, this, uh, I landed there. I think the over the weekend, um, this Sunday or so. And the that week. I obviously hung out, I I, I stayed with her and her family. So I was with her family, surrounded by them, got to know all of them, her parents. We had to sit down, we had everything uh, to talk about things. And that next Friday, uh, five days later or so, I asked her to marry me. And it was amazing. Good timing, because it was right after a sermon. I I just preached a sermon at her church. And that night, right after that, I I proposed to her. but a lot of people would immediately be like whoa that is so soon <laughs> i've literally seen her in the flesh for 5 days or so and now i'm making the big one the second biggest decision of my life to marry a woman and next to this the decision of salvation right that's like it's like the second biggest decision of our lives and and it's funny if i if i could tell you guys it was it was really Okay, I'm just going to marry her. It's, it wasn't like, it was like, okay, God, I guess I'm here. I guess this is happening. I guess I'm going to ask her to marry me. It's like this peace was following me all the way through. And there was no like, there was not for one second a red flag. There was not for one second a a doubt. There was not for one second any of that. It was just all the way through. Oh, well, next step. Oh, well, next step. Oh, well, I guess this is natural. Even though it's totally unnatural and totally weird compared to how things are supposed to go. And and in in our world. So... That happened then obviously I had to leave um, I, I stayed there two weeks I stayed a week after that then and then I had to leave which was really hard and um, that was now like six and a half months ago seven months ago um, I had to I left and I came back six and a half months later which was like a few weeks like what last week earlier this week I came back from that so for six months we were totally apart again you know we were we obviously just called and all that um, and it's it's incredibly difficult, of of course, but the, the the father started showing us that there were many things that he was doing and in, in trying to demonstrate a picture between him and his bride. And you know, I want to tell you that up front, You know, our relationships it's not about us. It's not about our what what we can achieve, or that's not what that's not the, the bullet. That's not the the point blank. What it's about. It is about glorifying God and the picture of him and his bride like that is what marriage is supposed to be that is it like and if it's not that if it's not accomplishing that then the marriage will be unfruitful and that is where marriages start suffering and actually start ending up in things like divorce because it's not accomplishing what it was designed to do. If God designed the marriage to do a certain thing and it doesn't accomplish that, it's not doing that, it's not walking in that way. Then it will walk in the way of the world. And that's when things start going wrong. So, um, yeah, so we uh, just an interesting aspect of this. You know, we sought the father from the beginning to 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 let this happen, to let our marriage be a picture on every step of the way. And the things that started happening were weird things like like things out of our control for example on i left it was just the things the way things worked out with the plane tickets is that i ended up um uh leaving on on pass around passover like i had it was just bad timing but that's just kind of how things unfortunately worked out and um on the day when yeshua was put in the grave was the day i was getting on the plane i was there i was having a last supper with the family i was literally there having that kind of th- meal with them and that night i was go- gonna fly and i got on the plane and i f- and and uh, oh well sorry i was at the airport and i was at my gate christina dropped me off she was at home back already and i'm waiting for my plane and i wait there like an hour i wait like two hours and the plane is so delayed that it got totally cancelled my flight got Completely cancelled and in that way I had to totally like go back. I was like calling her. I was like, okay I guess I'm not flying tonight (laughs) But guys, I don't know if you see this pattern, you know, it's like Yeshua he left For just a little while three days three nights, right? He got raised and he was with them for a little while still more That's exactly kind of the picture that it was with me and her we had another like extra two days I believe it was where uh, we could spend time together. It was kind of amazing (laughs) but then, um, you know, that, for example, happened, you know, and and then finally I left. And it's interesting because the first time when I said goodbye, it was incredibly difficult for us, obviously, um, at the airport. But the second time I said goodbye, it wasn't hard anymore. It was it was suddenly a, a, a bigger piece. And it was the exact same thing that, you know, I spoke to her about it, that we believe the disciples would have felt when they went to to see, well, obviously with Yeshua on the cross and Yeshua now leaving them. And they're so confused. Why is this happening? It's too soon. It's all this. And suddenly he returns and Miriam sees him and she's kind of confused and distraught. But she's so happy because she's like, wow, he's back. And then when he left the second time, they had this peace because they were more comfort in what is going on. So anyway, I'm just saying this is just a little thing. I'm just saying to just demonstrate that even in the little details, the father comes and starts. He wants to use marriage to teach both us and others around us that his perfect plan, his the the the, the, fe- the things around the feast days, the, fe- the things about his coming back and all of these events. And and so I want to talk a little bit about um, uh, the, 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 some biblical examples um, of this, because I think, like I said, our, our culture is a far cry from how the how it's how how we read about this in the scriptures. Um, When we look at, for example, Rebecca and Isaac. It's one of my favorite stories uh, in relation to this. And I'm sure you guys know the story. You know, it's um, uh, Eliezer, uh, Abraham calls Eliezer his servant. And he says, Eliezer, I need you to find a wife um, for my son, Isaac. Right. And I need you. But he says this. I need you to go and find a wife from our own people, not not some random pagan or but someone from our own people, someone. In other words, someone who believes in the same God and the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. And Eliezer makes the vow that he will do this with um, Abraham. And he sent off and he went goes into the into the country and he arrives. Right. He arrives at this well. And he's on these 10 camels that he took and he arrives with his camels and he sees all these women at the well. And it's like he's seeing and he's kind of like, oh, now what? God, like there's all these women. I and the first thing he does is not, okay. I'm going to try and figure out which is the best one. No, he says, God, I want you to show me. He says, it's basically not by my interpretation, what seems right to me, but God, I need you to show me. I need you to give me a sign for who is going to be my master Isaac's wife. And he says, let the one who waters all my camels be the one. And the scriptures say that even as he was speaking this, that, that um, Rebecca came up to him and said, oh, sir, can I water your camels? And I don't know if you guys know this, but camels take tons of water. They've got those little humps on their back and they take a It takes like hours to fill a camel. They just keep drinking. It's endless. So this was not just a small thing. This was a, a big act of kindness on Rebecca's part. And so Rebecca comes and she she waters these camels and Isaac. And The scriptures say that Isaac. Isaac is witnessing this and in his heart, he's reasoning what to do next. He's kind of like, God, is this like really this happening right now? Is this really? So it's kind of like this is this really it? You know, we've always got this little still this little thing in the back of our mind. Like we talked yesterday, that little flesh thought like, is this now really it? Like, wow. And but she but he goes up to her after. and And he and the scriptures say that he adorns her with. A nose ring and, and, and jewels uh, or bands around her arms. And he tells her, obviously, about this. And he asks her, he asks her this. He says, can I go and meet your family? You see, it's a, there's a there's a there's a pattern. So he's like, so I want you I want first to meet. I want to go where can I stay somewhere? Me and, and we can can we go somewhere? And she's like, of course. And she takes uh, Eliezer and they go and they meet the family. The family is is, when they hear about this, they're actually happy. How is this possible? I mean, let's just think about this for a second. There's here's Rebecca. She's got her everyday thing, doing the water. She's getting filling her jars of water. She's doing this every day. But suddenly this random guy appears from far away. She's never met and never seen him. And and he says, oh, by the way, my master, who you've never seen or met or have ever heard about, he wants you as his wife. And um, by the way, he comes to the family and he says the same, by the way, your your daughter, you know, oh, I've got this marshal way back really far away. And he wants your daughter as his wife. And they're like, of course, that's amazing is that that doesn't make any sense. But see, the father came to prepare the way. That's the only way this could have happened. Similarly, when I came to Christina's parents, I was a little like nervous. I'll be honest, because I'm this random guy from South Africa. <laughs> and here I am and I'm like, hey, I want to, I'm kind of interested in your daughter. and But the father prepared her, their, her parents' heart in such an amazing way that they were so excited. They were just waiting for me to propose kind of thing, which was supernatural, you know. Um, it's kind of funny because um, Christina's sister told me at some point that her mother hoped that I would bring uh, an engagement ring. <laughs> you know, they were so prepared to that decree. I, I was so unprepared that I didn't even bring a ring because I was just going with the flow. You know, they were even more prepared than I was. That's how far the fa- father took this in preparing the hearts of them. So, you know, like, so the father went and, in the story of Rebecca and um, prepared the hearts. And then the parents say, well, can she not just stay uh, 10 more days? Can she just not stay another week or so? And, and and Eliezer says, no, I'm sorry. She has to come with me right now. We are in haste and she has to go and meet my master. And she gets on the ten camels. Oh, by the way, before that, she um, Eliezer gives them the gift and all that and uh, gives the family the parents and all them give them gifts. And then uh, Rebecca gets on the ten camels and, and she leaves now. Then she gets to, uh, to Isaac, right? And it, it says in, in the scriptures that Isaac was in the field, in the harvest, right? He was busy in the harvest, okay? He was doing all that. He was busy with, I want to submit and in, what that really speaks to spiritually. He was busy with his father's work. He was busy, he was not in his home sitting and just Twisting his fingers, he was keeping busy. All right. Just like Rebecca. She was not out there twisting her fingers and being like, oh, God, bring me this husband. God, oh, please, God, I need this husband. And and because sometimes that can be us, we can be like, oh, God, you know, we're so lonely. Oh, God, you need to bring us this. And we get so focused on this and, and but they weren't like that. Right. They were so focused on just the father's business. Like I said, me and Christina were in the beginning. We didn't even want to get married. We weren't thinking of that at that point. And um, so then we, we see that Isaac sees Rebecca in the distance while he's in the harvest field. And and Rebecca sees um, Isaac and Rebecca asks Eliezer, the servant. And and, and is this who is this? And, and Eliezer says, this is my master Isaac. And Rebecca, it says that the scriptures say that she she covered herself, so she put a veil over herself, which which is a in, in, in the culture of the day, it's a picture of submitting under a husband. So she's she's basically saying to Isaac in that action, I am going to submit. I want to submit myself unto you as a as a wife. I would like to submit to you and and then the scriptures just say next thing. Isaac takes Rebecca into her, uh, his fa- um his fa- his mother's tent, Sarah. And he and he takes her as his wife. End of story. Or actually, no, he took her and they dated for three years, and then they figured out whether they were the right um, person. And no, it's not there. <laughs> it didn't happen that way, you know. And we're gonna talk about that in a moment. But but you see how crazy the story actually is. I mean, there was just, it was just like one thing to another really quick. I mean, Rebecca met this guy. Next moment, she's married to him. And same with Isaac. She, he just met this girl. And now they're married. Like, next thing. But see, this speaks to something deep. It talks about an incredible intimacy on both their sides with the father. Both of them did not make their decision with with their own with on their own. They did not actually make the decision at all. Rebecca had no decision in it almost except for just trusting God and saying yes to this random servant. And Isaac just had trust in that God is going to lead the servant. They basically just trusted that God is going to lead this servant in making the right decision. So basically. They had oh, just about no say in the matter. And I'm not t- and look, I'm not talking about it right in that that we shouldn't have a say in who we marry or, you know, that 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 we should just have this arranged marriage. And, and, and if it feels totally wrong, it's not. I don't want to marry this person. No, I have to No, that's not how it was. Rebecca and Isaac had complete peace. They had complete excitement over the matter. So you see today, it's quite different because. The common thing is, is, well, you go and you date. You go on a date. You you ask a girl out, right? And you go on the date. Take her to a nice restaurant. And you. And what is the purpose of the date? The purpose of the day is to figure out whether you guys have you guys align. And there's there's nothing wrong with having conversation, of course, like me and Christian did as a friendship, and and all that. But when it becomes a long-term thing, when we are now dating, and we are now Testing each other out to see, that and we start. Why, why are we doing that? Oftentimes, we do it because we don't trust God. Because see, it's it's now taking control into our own hands. We're like, and then we start jumping. Oh no, this person. After a year, we break up because this person wasn't right. Next person, okay, six months down the line or three months down the line, no, this person's not right. What about it? Is a friendship? It is a brother and sister in Christ. It is just that, platonically, just friends, and then when there are, when the father con- comes and stirs the hearts, there is suddenly now a, a changing. A, a, wow, Father, is this you? Is, do you want? Is this my wife? Is this my husband? And then from there, there is a commitment. You see, not a, oh, okay, so let's let's date, let's see. No, that's. How would you feel if Yeshua came to you as His Bride and say, "You know, I'm going to test you out. I'm going to see, kind of like, I want to date you. (laughs) You see how it looks? It's actually quite ridiculous when you think about it that way, right? Because Yeshua, He got on the cross for His Bride. He's like, I am going to, I am before He even met her. Before he met his bride, he gone cross for her before he the fa- And then he says, I'm going to betroth you to me. I'm going to go to my father's house and prepare a home for me. But see, there is that whole there was a commitment before anything else. So this really speaks to this. I know, guys, this is like so this is quite radical. This is quite out there. But see, the only reason we should this should make us feel uneasy as if we are not going to trust God with it. If we don't believe that God is, if we submit ourselves to God, we say, "God, you must be the one that makes the decision." I'm not even going to look at, at trying to find a wife. I did not even myself. I did not look at that. I was like so focused. I didn't have time. I was so focused on the things of God. I was focused on ministry. I was focused on spreading His word. All these things, and and I didn't have time to date. I didn't have time to test people out. I don't have time for that. Let the father. I was like, Father, okay, like, Lord, it's going to take someone different for me. So you need to find her and you're going to have to do it. And I was just really innocently. Hey, like just being friends. And so, you know, now suddenly the father arranges everything. You see, every marriage is supposed to be an arranged marriage arranged by the father. And and he can do it. Oftentimes we want to arrange. Like I said, because we want control. And so the other aspect that I want to point out is remember how I say that her parents were intimately involved. Um, same with the parents of um, Isaac. Uh, um, I mean, Rebecca's parents, you know, the, from the get go. They were the first thing that the servants said to Rebecca, basically, is I want to go into your, into your parents. I want to go and meet them. So there was that thing because the father has given parents is, well, godly parents who's got wisdom in that a a, a, a special uh, anointing, if you will, to be able to discern for a um, a partner for their children. And so, you know, that's why when I went to Christina's parents, they had so much peace because God ordained me and Christina to marry. So they had supernatural discernment over the situation and that in turn gave Christina peace It gave her, oh, Okay, my parents are in agreement. If her parents were in total disagreement, that would be a problem, you know. And so, you know, so there is that aspect. And you know, I want to just show you guys quickly about look, this story of of Isaac and and Rebecca, it's so much bigger. You know, we have let me do the, the whole picture of of this is the picture of Yeshua and the bride. Because we have the picture of Eliezer being sent out. Eliezer the servant sent out. This is like God sending the Holy Spirit. God who like, like Abraham, who sent his servant, is like God sending his Yeshua, sending his Holy Spirit. You know, he is sent, he sent his spirit. What is the spirit going out to do? He goes through the streets today and today today. What does the spirit do? He is going to convict the world of sin and judgment and to gather in right to gather in the harvest to be with the spirit. We are in communion with the spirit. We gather in this harvest with him. We gather in the bride. That's what we're doing. So this is what the spirit, was, this is what the servant did. He went to this well of water. What did he find there? Water, right? So now we have this, this, the spirit, if you will, the servant at this well, and he's looking for what? He's looking for a bride who has demonstrated good fruit, who has demonstrated good character of going out and saying, "I'm going to water every single one of these camels." So. Just like me, I looked at Christina when she was looking and reviewing that book of mine. I was like, oh, like, oh, God, like she She's amazing. Look at all the work she's putting into this, all the fruit, all the all of that. Right. So now, guys, get this. The spirit is when, when the spirit kind of gathered, if you will, um, Rebecca and, and found her. Right. He, they she Rebecca was taken back on these 10 camels. The ten camels I want to submit to you represents the ten commandments or the truth of the Father, you know. And so, what, what we're seeing is that the truth is connecting Rebecca and Isaac. Rebecca is literally riding on these camels, which are carrying water, and who are there are ten camels, which I believe represent truth, that those ten commandments, or and which basically are the summary of the Torah. And that is what is connecting them. You see their relationship with father, their their knowledge of the truth, their filling of the spirit. Like we talked yesterday, you know, the spirit that is in the belly, you know, that's supposed to flow from us like rivers. She's literally sitting on these camels that she herself has filled with the water. So she has basically filled these commandments, the law with the spirit, she has given meaning to the law. You see there it's so deep and she can She comes with this. And I can tell you just in my personal testimony that that Christina has given more spirit to my understanding of the Torah. Same thing. You know, the woman has that gift. I think we all know that 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 gift of um, of, of compassion and mercy, oftentimes, which we men sometimes need to see, you know. And so there's there's this whole thing, and and, and it can, so the, the 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 point of that is that we must seek the none of what I'm talking about here can be accomplished unless both individuals, both me and Christina, or or Rebecca and Isaac, both of them are so focused on the Father before, long before they even come and, and meet. You see, that's what, how the, that's the ideal. Of course, it doesn't always happen that way, but that's the ideal for those who, of us who aren't married yet or are not or are single. That's what the that's the ideal rule. Uh, the, 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 the path that the father wants to lay out for us is seek first the kingdom of God and the rest will be added unto you. You see, if you're so focused on him, so concerned with his things, not trying to figure this thing out alone. You're going to he's just going to give you such peace. And now suddenly everything is just so smooth. You know, I, I there are so many people who have um, very rocky relationships. Right. And yeah, of course, we have ups and downs. I get that. But a lot of times we have these rocky starts and there's these like I oh, should. I'm call something we, we hear today of co- having cold feet right before a wedding, things like that. And what if that can be totally absent? Because it could be Rebecca hadn't did not have cold feet. Isaac did not have cold feet. You know, um, we have all the uh, I, I mean, neither me nor Christina is going to have cold feet. I was telling her the other day, like it, it astonishes me that to, to even have that thought of having cold feet, for example, because it is so far from so far from the love I have for her because of the love the father has put in me for her. But if the father was not so in my life, I would struggle to love her the way that Christ loves the church because he says, Husbands, love your wives the way that Christ loves the church. And that is like that's like that's like when I read that long ago when I was still single, that was so like, God, how is this? I don't know how I will ever do this. But see, by seeking God first, he suddenly fills you up. Just like what we talked yesterday, that water that, uh, that he fills us to give to others, we become that channel of water for others, of love. How much more will he do it for our spouse, the one we will spend the rest of our lives with? You see, the Father then fills us up with love for, for that person to a place where it is that the, the kind of love that lasts forever, the kind of love that cannot fade. Like we see so often today. I mean, the the divorce rates in the church is astonishing. And see, but it's because we are in this culture, this dating culture, even in the church. Well, I mean, I was when I was in the church at some point, you know, girl, there were women who went out to to flirt with men to get them and, and date them to get them into the church. That was kind of the way that they were trying to have this happen what about you look to someone who is equally yoked look to someone who is who is seeking the father as you are you know I cannot like Christina herself would say the same there is no way that I could settle for 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 someone unequally yoked you know Now I feel that she's kind of above my league but you see like that's that's what the father does it's 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 so. But the thing is, our hearts needs to be positioned um, there. So um, we see, you know, just a few, I guess, points that I want to point out of, out of the story is is looking at the character of the other person is incredibly important. So having just as a summary, looking at at, at their their relationship with the father, but not only what they say, but. Actual works, actual not just Rebecca coming and saying something nice to the servant, but Rebecca actually going and saying, oh, sir, can I water your camels? And going and actually doing it. You see, there's there has to be fruit in the life of that person because fruit cannot lie. You, you can't make that up. OK, um, the second thing um, that that's interesting is, is, is that Rebecca didn't see Isaac, I didn't, Isaac didn't see Rebecca. There was that trust right that I mentioned. So that is incredibly important. We need to have that. That 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 trust in the father of being even if God told you today, you're going to marry this person and you've never seen her. You've never seen him. You've never whatever. But you're going to you need to have such trust in the father that you would be able to say, yes, God, yes, I will do that. All right. So that that taking that whole aspect of I'm going to try and figure out, I'm going to try and fix this dating, figure this dating thing out. I'm going to just trust the father. Um, the other thing is, is the gifts that were involved. I want to just talk about that for a sec. That's a picture of the of, of the, um, the 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 spiritual gifts as well on the side of the spirit. Um, when, for example, when I came, when you when when that um, servant Eliezer came. Right. I said, you know, he represents like the Holy Spirit coming. He came and he adorned her. With gifts, he adorned his bride with gifts, just like Yeshua, he ascended and he said, it's good that I go because I'm sending a spirit to you to do what one of the things is to adorn you with gifts, adorn you with spiritual gifts. So we see that that's also an intricate part of, of 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 this relationship where where we I myself went. And when I met Christina's family, I took some gifts over from South Africa here. And, you know, I, I, I wasn't even thinking about all this, but, you know, it's just a part of of of, of I, I heard the other day I had a friend as well. They got married and the families actually met at the wedding. It was quite a crazy story, too. And and they exchanged gifts, the families, with each other at the wedding. It was really beautiful. You know, it's like it's just part of that picture and it's really a good thing to do, too. And, uh, yeah, so, you know, that's one story. Okay. Um There's also there's also the story of Ruth and Boaz, for example. Um, I'm not going to go too deep into this one, but we we see that the story of Ruth. Obviously, she's this foreigner. She's this she's far off from God. She doesn't um, well She was far off from God. And then she comes to Naomi and she and she says not to Naomi and and Ruth one verse 16. She says, but Ruth said to Naomi, do Do not urge me to leave you or to return from following you, for where you go I'll go, where you lodge I'll lodge. Your people shall be your people, and your God shall be my God. So Ruth is here saying that, you know, she was she was like Naomi is telling Ruth, you can go, your your husband has died, you and 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 you can go, but Ruth says no no no, I want to stay with you Naomi, because Naomi by this. Time is really old women by this by, at this stage, and Ruth, and out of the kindness of our heart, part of that is she just wants to stay with Naomi and take care of her. And what we see then is Ruth goes into the fields of Boaz, and she starts gathering into in the in the field for her and her her mother-in-law, and Boaz kind of sees her there. Right? Boaz is the, the owner of the field, and he sees her there. And we we read the following. Um, in Ruth two, verse nine, he said, Boaz says to Ruth, let your eyes be on the field that they are reaping and go after them. Have I not charged the young men not to touch you? And when you're thirsty, go to the vessels and drink what the young men, what young men have drawn. Then she fell on her face, bowing to the ground and said to him, why have I found favor in your eyes that you should take notice of me since I am a foreigner? But Boaz answered her, all that you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband has been fully told to me and how you left your father, your mother, your and, and your native land and came to a people that you did not know before the Lord repay you for what you've done and a full reward be given by to you by the Lord. The God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge. So we see that Boaz recognizes just like Eliezer, that servant with Rebecca. Boaz recognizes this good works, these good works, this fruit in Ruth. He sees her, he says I've heard of all the kindnesses you've shown your mother and how you've been taking care and how you've come and, and toiled in the field and all of this and then he says I am going to I'm telling these young men not to to bother you I'm telling I'm do and he and he's kind of making a way for his he's, he's showing now a kindness to her and that was the sign to her then. You see there was this the, this the sign to her as well. Now, this, is, this man is now actually caring for me too. And it's not just this, again, guys, it's not just a thing of speech. Because a lot of times in our culture, I feel especially women, we see them being sweet-talked by men, even godly men in the church. But what we need to look for is being like, what are the food? What are the works? What, what is really happening there in the heart? because that will that will that manifest in action. So after that we then see Ruth do something which kind of seems really weird on 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 the surface yet again and in Ruth 3 verse 7 we see her coming to Boaz and coming to uncover his feet. So she comes to Wally where where he's lying and she kind of just uncovers his feet. It's kind of like it's like really weird what she's doing. But I want to read here so Ruth 7 3 verse 7 And when Boaz had eaten and drunk and his heart was merry, he went to lie down at the end of the heap of grain. Then she came softly and uncovered his feet and lay down. At midnight, the man was startled. I would also be (laughs) and turned over and behold, a woman laid at his feet. He said, Who are you? And she answered, I am Ruth, your servant, spread your wings over your servant, for you are a redeemer. So. Some background, you know, Ruth's husband, previous husband, has, has, has passed away. And so he, he has left her with no children. And the Torah instructs that the next of kin should take her as his wife and give her offspring so that there can be a lineage, a line. Okay, so this is what, so part of why she's uncovering his feet is that's the, what they would do is when there was a, a redemption, in other words, when there was a, next of kin that has been appointed, what they would do is they would take off their sandal and basically uncover the foot, if you will, to make that um, statement that they will now take care of this woman whose husband has passed away. So Ruth is basically coming and uncovering his foot and saying, you I want you to be my redeemer. I want you to be the one to take care of me. And it's, and it's it's crazy. But yet because yet again, they're not dating. They're not like doing this one year, two year uh, figuring out, oh, should we get engaged? Should we commit to marry? No, it's like Ruth just comes up and she's in her heart. The father has already convicted her that this is a good man who cares for her, who loves her, loves God above all else and who has shown this kindness to her and all these things. He says and she says, I want you to be my redeemer. And of course, this is a picture Just like us and Messiah, we come to Yeshua. We said, Yeshua, you need to be my Redeemer. You need, you've shown kindness to me. He He came and He came on a He got on the cross for us, and all of the works that He's shown, that kindness, we see. We can now see the mercies of God, and that's it's the kindness of God that leads us to repentance. You see, even in our thing with God, it is. We it is when believe when people see what God has done for them, that's when they want to follow God. That's when they want to become part of his bride. So in the same way, that's how, how we are to do that with the, the, the other the other one. So we then have um, this. Like I said, this kindness display and the, the uncovering of the feet and and, you know, it's it's this picture of Ruth. She was a foreigner. She was far off. We are foreigners, we're far off, we're cut off. We were divorced from God, if you will, by sin. But God came to restore us by that. And, you know, so like like I said, this this all came comes back to, you know, I I, want to just talk about this thing of it. It it comes back to this idea of how will we approach it. Will we go and say, um, I'm going to do what the world does. I'm going to go and I'm going to say. I'm going to go from person to person, I'm going to jump from here to there. I'm going to see what is my taste. You know, a lot of people would say, how would you even know what you like if you haven't tasted, like dated a few people? You know, I've heard someone say before, how will I know? How can I commit to marry a guy I've never even I don't even know how he kisses yet? (laughs) You know, stuff like that. And it's so far from like what the what the father's heart is. If we just go and we lay on his lap and we say, Father, you need to make this decision for me. Lord, we submit this decision into your hand. This is the biggest decision of my life next to following you. And I can't make it. That's when the father comes and he makes it. But if we, like I said yesterday, hold on to the steering wheel and we try and drive, we don't allow him to intervene at all. That's when things get dangerous. That's when we get hurt. That's when things just go utterly wrong. And so I, I want to encourage everyone here today, you know, if you're if you're single or if you're maybe your parents and you have children who are at that pl- place, or are going to enter that place you know, encourage them to not to not mess around. And, and, not, not, and, you know, like, for example, in high school, let me just say this, for, just put this out there. If I was a young like in high school or right, if I can speak to myself in high school, I would say don't date. Don't don't do what everyone else is doing. There's if you can't take if, as a man, if you can't take care of her, you have no business dating her. You have no business making any kind of thing like that. You have only business of being her sister, her brother or sister. Right. That's it. There's no if you can't if you're still if you're still if your parents are still paying for everything. And you how will you take care of her? Why is there commitment? Because now what's happening now? We're saying, okay, we're going to date. And now a year goes by, two years goes by because we can't marry. Obviously, I can't take care of her. We're still high school or maybe you're a student. You can't take, you know, you can't take care of her yet. What is the use? And you can't marry. You can't say. And what's the use in saying, oh, let's get engaged for five years. You see, we need to be like there's there's in the scriptures. We see singleness and we're brothers, and sisters, we're friends and we see Betrothal and marriage. That's it. There's nothing else there. There's no gray area there. The gray area doesn't exist. The gray area. I'm going to say it as it is. is where Satan dwells because that's where the enemy comes and he comes to deceive. He comes to steal, kill and destroy in that place many times because there is. That's when we say, oh, we're going to be pure. Try stay pure for three years with someone. I'm sorry. I cannot do that. You know, that is like it is the temptation of the flesh will be too much. And we can try and deceive ourselves into saying, no, I will never do that. And oh, no, I'll draw the line here. And then you draw the line there tomorrow. And then you draw the line there tomorrow. And and the line just gets drawn over and over and over again. What if it's just about, hey, let's be friends. And when I know I can take care of you or when you know he can take care of you, then you're like, okay. Let's make this commitment. Let's marry. And that's it, guys. There's no suddenly the temptations disappear. Suddenly all those things becomes a thing of the past. So I know this is controversial. I'm sure there's some questions uh, with regards to this. Um, you know, but uh, I, I, would, I wanted to just share my heart with regards to this. I encourage everyone to seek this out of the Father. This is a I would, uh, you know, even a few years ago, this would have been radical to me. But seek the Father's heart in regards to it. Cool. <laughs>